Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast, a very special supersized edition. We create two shows a week on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories and combine them into this podcast. And we had a lot that we covered this week, including all of this crazy information that was released by Hard Rock International about their very ambitious plans for the Mirage. We cover it in depth. I highly recommend watching the video at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories so you can see the renderings, all the visuals that we talk about, so many visuals in that video. But you can listen to it all here on this show right now. We also discuss Las Vegas's record passenger numbers at the airport. More passengers came here in October of 2022 than any other month ever before. Plus, Blackstone made a big sale selling their stake in Mandalay Bay and MGM Grand. Vici Properties continues to just own so much of the Las Vegas Strip. Could that be a potential issue down the line? Plus, the Mount Charleston Lodge is getting rebuilt. We talk about the craziest fees in Las Vegas, some fees that we just came across in the last few weeks. And then all of that Hard Rock Las Vegas information, you don't want to miss this show. Before we get into it, as a reminder, you can find all of our Vegas content, that's posts, podcasts, and videos at mtmvegas.com. Thanks so much for listening. And if you do enjoy this podcast version of MTM Vegas, do consider leaving us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a lot. A written review is even better. We appreciate everyone who listens, watches. Thanks so much. Let's hit it. So Mark, we know that it's a beloved pastime in Las Vegas to swim in the fountains of Bellagio Caesar's Palace, but I've never seen someone swim or gallivant, I guess, around the fountains inside Caesar's Palace's lobby. And uh, this guy had good form. It looks like he uh, he evaded the security and he got out the front door. I wonder if they caught him. <laughs> yeah. Was, was this where they remodeled everything too? So it's like newer-esque and they're like, don't disrespect our new fountain. I think that fountain was there before, but I mean, he he did a great job. If you're going to do that, uh, you should uh, follow his lead. It reminds you know, watching the security like chase him around and stuff. It reminds me of when people run on the field and and are running back and forth and stuff. Usually, they end up getting laid out, but this guy, he was a champ. He made it out. Good times in Vegas. Speaking of good times in Vegas. Harry Reid International Airport announced that they had a record, the most passengers ever, 5.17 million passengers in October of 2022, so over 5 million. This is a record, about a million more than last year this time. We'll go into some of the other numbers, but this is not surprising given everything else we've seen, but you know, international still not quite there, convention still not quite there. Tourism is really driving this. Yeah, I was shocked of how much more versus like, because last year they were doing pretty well still you know 2020 of course not but 2021 there that you saw quite a bit of comeback and then to see a million people more people in this month compared to last year I, I wish we did you look at 2019 at all i wish we had that to, to compare but i'm guessing this was still substantially more than than 2019 too which is pretty crazy yeah i don't think it's substantially more but it is definitely more they have hit five million passengers before uh, a few times uh, so but this is the highest that it's ever been I don't have the 2019 numbers, but uh, yeah, huge changes year over year. Internationally, there's a 305% change, but still pretty low. October 2022, 286,000 people compared to 102,000 international arrivals. Uh, so a big upswing there, but still not a substantial amount. And if you're wondering which airline is the, the big winner here this in was Las shocking. Vegas, yeah, <laughs> I Southwest. I was totally surprised, yeah. Because you're not, I mean, Southwest is definitely like a, a focus of Las Vegas, but it's not a hub. So I was surprised that, and it was like not even close to Spirit and Frontier, which, you know, Spirit and Frontier have a lot of coverage. And every time I check Southwest into Vegas, it's not even remotely close to the cheapest. So I'm, I'm kind of, I was really surprised to see that way up there. Yeah, Southwest, number one, Spirit, number two. 
uh, less than half of what Southwest has. Southwest, 1.7 million. Spirit, 756,000. Frontier, number three, at 560,000, and they're up about 30%. And then you have Delta and American. Allegiant, not really registering in the top five, but certainly have more of the budget lean here in Las Vegas compared to like the more traditional carriers like American Delta United, which as you know, is a pain for me every time I get on a plane because it seems like I'm flying Frontier. Yesterday I flew Allegiant for the first time. So uh, yeah, that's my life, Mark. I don't get Delta like you out of Detroit. I figured Spirit Frontier might be higher than than southwest but you know southwest is weird in some cities it will be super cheap in other cities it will be insanely expensive so it all depends on where you're coming from i guess all right let's uh, move on to the reit drama that we we continually see a few years ago the gaming company started selling off their land to real estate investment trusts we saw the bellagio get sold off uh, mgm grand and mandalay bay got sold off of course we've seen a lot of other properties uh, you know we've seen split purchases like with cosmo with venetian this is really the future of las vegas and i think really the future of the hotel industry in general is a uh, big real estate trust owning the building the facilities and then an operator owning the operations. We saw that last week in our show, we talked about the Dream Hotel, uh, Hyatt taking over management of that, and uh, that will be owned obviously not by Hyatt, the, the building itself. But Blackstone has been like the key player in all of this through the years. They obviously, they own Cosmo and they just sold that to MGM. And they also were the ones who bought MGM Grand and Mandalay Bay back in the day. And then, <laughs> This is very complicated, Mark. I hate every time we have to talk about this. We need like a flow chart or like a, yeah. a diagram of some sort that all right, so explains I'm gonna, all this. I'm going to try not to confuse everybody, but basically that partnership, uh, when they bought MGM Grand in Mandalay Bay, it was a partnership between MGM's real estate trust called MGM Growth Partners and Blackstone. And then MGM Growth Partners sold Avicii Properties, who owns uh, a lot of the strip, most of the strip, 70% of the strip. I don't know, a lot of the strip now. And uh, now Blackstone is selling Mandalay Bay and uh, an MGM Grand to Vici Properties. So Vici was the spinoff from Caesars. They now own the land on MGM Grand and Mandalay Bay, plus tons of other stuff on the Strip. Most of the MGM properties, in fact, it, it's enough to make your head spin, but it's just a reminder that we're going to be separating the buildings from the operations. That's how Vegas works now. Yeah, it's kind of funny to, to see, you know, Caesars uh, spinoff is doing well and, and gobbling up all this stuff when they were... When it was all combined, it was a struggle and they were losing money most years. And and now this new company, you know, values are skyrocketing. That's always a, if there's a downturn in the economy and valuations go down, that's going to take a hit to them. But uh, seeing Blackstone, you know, turn over all this money in a couple of years, like Cosmo, they made a ton of money off of and holding it for a while. And this, what, they made $700 million holding it for three years. So it's kind of insane, but it sees them pulling out a bit. Maybe they're trying to think this is the high point. So let's get out while we can and then dip back in later. Um, but yeah, Vici is either going to look really smart at the end of all this or be holding the bag if, if, if this is the peak. They definitely will be holding the bag if this is the peak. That is for sure. They own so much land here. Uh, but yeah, Blackstone says they're bullish on Las Vegas. But as you point out, they sold Cosmo. They're selling this $700 million profit in just a few years. MGM Grand and Mandalay Bay are valued at $5.5 billion combined in this deal. Um, so that just sort of tells you where the values are in Las Vegas right now. So certainly a very profitable company, and they've made a lot of money over the last few years. $700 million on this one little deal that they did. We'll keep covering it as, these, uh, as the land changes hands. Uh, it keeps happening all of the time. 
And I would expect it. Wynn just sold uh, Encore Boston Harbor, the land under that. Could we start seeing things like Wynn selling their land and, and other operators? We might see that too. So uh, we'll stay tuned. Let's talk about something a little bit funner. And that BrewDog bar uh, opened up this week. And uh, that's in the Showcase Mall. It's on the top floors, kind of above the Target, near where the Olive Garden is, all that stuff, kind of just north of MGM Grand. And let's start with this. I mean, that bar looks fantastic. I mean, I, I looking at the pictures and the video, it looks like a really fun place to hang out. It seems like it's really huge. And that's what people said. Like, there's a ton of space up there. So hopefully it's not hard to get in, not overcrowded. Yeah, it looks great. So I, I definitely would check it out. You know, I love rooftop bars. Yeah, I mean, uh, rooftop bars are taking over everywhere, right? We were just in Austin with some amazing rooftop bars, like so many choices, including an awesome tiki bar that we went to. So that was uh, Zanza Bar, I think, in Austin, if you ever want to go there. But yeah. Really cool. uh, but back to BrewDog, they, the big part of their grand celebration was giving somebody a million dollar bar tab and you'd have 20 years to use it at any of their locations around the world there. I think they're UK based. So I think that's most of their locations are over there, but uh, yeah, you could do that. And so all you had to do is show up at 6 PM on the night that they opened and everybody who was there got a raffle and some guy won the million dollar bar tab proceeded to get completely drunk, get kicked out, get maybe possibly banned. So I ask you, Mark, is this a conspiracy? Give away a million dollar bar tab and then take it away? Or uh, is this just a, a great Vegas story? That's that's what's crazy is like people said, you know, on Twitter, the rumor was that he was already pretty inebriated before he won. So, and I had assumed that he had already won and then was coming to the bar, even though he gets a free bar tab. Like, why would you drink somewhere else first? But that makes more sense. Like, if you're just like, I'm going to go stand in line, let's pregame and stuff, not expecting to win, and then going just nuts when you get there. Like, but to get thrown out, man, like your buddies, this, you're going to be buying drinks for them all the time. You think they'd be like, all right, buddy, let's go. Like, let's leave. Get out of here before you get in trouble. His liver thanks him for his bad behavior, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but we'll see. I'm guessing that they'll work something out where he can come back if he behaves well and get warned and all that. <laughs> How cool would it be to go into a massive Vegas bar and just be like, rounds on the house, get like a $50,000 bill and just wipe it off. I don't know how you yeah. spend that much money in 20 years. I don't know. Oh, I, 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 I think you could. Like, it's your point. <laughs> yeah, like, you but can you buy gotta, the whole bar gotta, stuff. and yeah. yeah, you gotta just be like giving it away. You can never use it yourself, even though they have, a, you know, lo other locations. I just, they're not, it's not like a Buffalo Wild Wings where they're in every town. So it's kind of hard to, to redeem. But man, what a crazy giveaway. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it is a cool giveaway. The space looks cool. Glad to have them on the strip. Hope they do well. They do have uh, some interesting things going on there. Check it out. All right, so... Mount Charleston Lodge, that's this really cool, or was this really cool lodge up in Mount Charleston near Las Vegas, and uh, kind of a, a very like historic thing. A lot of people loved it, especially going up in like the summer, uh, escape the heat in Las Vegas. In the winter, you get the snow, so you get sort of something different that you get down here in the valley, and it burned down, and it's owned by the Ellis family, in case uh, you guys didn't know. That's people who own Ellis Island, all the village pubs, stuff like that, and uh, this fall, they had done pine dining, so... They put up a temporary structure with like glass and they brought in chefs from Las Vegas and did special events up there. And But now we, we see some renderings. They're going to rebuild the lodge and they showed off some renderings thanks to Las Vegas locally for sharing it. They look amazing. I think this looks like a great replacement for the old lodge and I'm excited to be able to try it when they build it because this was a very unique thing in Las Vegas to escape the sort of desert craziness. Yeah, I've never been up that way and I'm, it's always been on my list. So I was sad to see when the, the lodge burnt down, but I'm glad that they're rebuilding it because you never know when something like that happens, if they're going to put the effort into doing it. But with Ellis Island, 
the Ellis family being so intertwined in the Vegas area, it, it's not surprising that they are, and it does look cool. I definitely want to go up there. And, and there's skiing up there in the winter and stuff, right? If you go up further past the lodge. Yeah, Lee Canyon has skiing in the winter, and uh, in the summer they also have the lift where you can go up there as well. It's not the best skiing in the world. You know, sometimes they have to generate fake snow. Uh, it really depends on how, you know, wet our winter has been and, and things like that. Definitely uh, ski opportunities there. So, yeah, a lot of people like that. Skiing and, uh, in shorts. You yeah. can't beat that, right? No, it's cold up there. I mean, I think the, the peak of Mount <laughs> Charleston is like 10,000 feet. Uh, as people can correct me in the comments on the exact thing, but it's pretty high. So it gets really cold up there. The summers are beautiful, wonderful hiking. So if people haven't been up there and you want to escape the heat, a lot of people go to Red Rock, but that's still pretty hot in the summer and very hot say, in the what- summer. Which one do you think is, if you were going to go, which one would you prefer, Red Rock or uh, up on Mount Charleston? I love them both, but yeah, Red Rock in the winter and Mount Charleston in the summer. You don't want to, it's full, it's Makes covered sense. in snow. You need chains, all that stuff. It's like a Detroit, it's like going to Detroit uh, <laughs> when you go up the mountains. So yeah, not in the winter for me, unless you want to do snow, make snowmen. That's really cool too. So it's like Mount Charleston is the gift that keeps on giving for Las Vegans because uh, it's our way of kind of just pretending that we don't live in the desert so it's a good stuff yeah nice to have that option you know get it get away get some greenery stuff like that that you don't normally see with all the fake trees right <laughs> yeah yeah real trees up in mount charleston for sure all right let's switch to vegas fees a lot of little fees have popped up again we've talked about fees before uh you know restaurants venues sneaking on all kinds of fees so three examples kind of came to our attention in the last couple weeks Let's start with Resorts World and a 2% food court venue fee in addition to a service charge at the food hall there. Is that right? Is that is that is that just the world we're living in uh, now? Yeah, I find I find the uh, 18% basically gratuity is the way I look at it to be the worst offense of the two just because like you're doing everything there. You're you're ordering it on the the touch screen. You're not really going up and ordering and then you pick up it gets you a text, you go pick it up. So there's not like service going on that there should be a 18% service charge for fast food, essentially, you know, that you're picking up and you're doing the ordering too. There's not even someone taking your ordering most of the time or you do it on the app and stuff like that. So I find that crazy. The service charge or the destination fee or whatever they're calling it for two bucks. That's kind of crazy too, because you know, you're already in the casino paying fees and charges everywhere, but yeah, you know, slapping on 18% for picking up your own food and, Eating it in a mall food court essentially just blows my mind. A food court fee is one thing. How about a nightclub amenity fee? Excess nightclub at Wynn uh, charging they, an amenity fee. They're not, between- they're not getting enough that off that $500 bottle that costs 20 bucks. So, <laughs> Man, like I, who, who thinks of this stuff? Is it, you know, it's very short-sighted, especially as you point out, their margins are so big and you can build some of this stuff into your margins if you need to, you know, to get your uh, your profits up or whatever especially at a place like that where people aren't really thinking about how much they're spending, right? I saw a picture on Twitter, a recent entry, I think on a weekend, there was like $200 for men just to get in the door. And on that night, they were even charging $35 for women. A lot of times women are free. Uh, So if you're paying $200 to get in the door, I guess you're not really thinking about the price of the alcohol, but I guess, you know, they figure let's just slip a dollar fee in there for you. What if you paid $200 and ended up looking like... uh like like the pool at Circa, and you're just like, it's all dudes, and everybody paid $200. <laughs> That's what the people were saying, that the men should avoid it and uh, yeah. you know boycott the $200 fee. But we know men are not going to do that. 
especially if there's ladies inside. So uh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, that's that's insanity. But like like you said, why not just bake it into the prices of your your stuff? Like if you're charged five hundred and ten dollars for a bottle, you know, instead of five hundred dollars, nobody's going to complain about this. And with you know, especially the food court with everything being digital, it's not like back in the day where you had to reprint paper menus or the plastic menus. You can just, you know, enter it in your code and it'll update on all the screens and, and on the web. You're not reprinting. So there's no cost built in to adjust prices. And that will upset people a lot less. They'll be like, wow, that was expensive. But okay, you know, versus this little fee that you see that just drives people nuts. You know, charge 10 cents more for everything and nobody will say anything. Yeah, like Martha Stewart did with her $90 chicken. You know, it could have been an $85 chicken with a $5 fee, but they made it $90 and people are paying for it. So there you go. Now, do they smash the chicken on the table, though? <laughs> that will be a fee. All right, so <laughs> last thing, ATM fees. Now, this is something that's been around, but I did want to give a tip to people. This was another thing we saw on Twitter. You're getting charged, you know, eight, nine, sometimes more than that, dollars per ATM transaction in the casinos. And uh, your bank is often going to charge you as well for using that. And then on top of that, if you check your balance... <laughs> Uh, obviously the ATM is going to charge. So this person got hit with $250 fee from their bank, $250 for checking his balance, another 9 bucks for taking the ATM out. Big thing if you go to Vegas a lot, find a checking account that reimburses your ATM fees. Bank of America does it if you have a certain amount of money with them. But uh, the Schwab card is the card I use. It works anywhere in the world. You get free ATM withdrawals. They don't charge you for using a third-party ATM. So that whole thing i mean you would still pay the 250 fee if you charge if you checked your balance but you can avoid a lot of those things and they do even reimburse you for those crazy high atm fees i'm sure you could abuse it to a point where they'd say no but i've never done that and uh, i've been using it for years tons of withdrawals and there has been occasion where i've had like a 12 dollar fee at some crazy casino and uh, it worked so do that yeah and uh like capital one will they won't uh refund the fee from the the atm machine but they won't charge you an out-of-network fee so that's like splitting hairs or you get like a little bit of a discount so there's options out there for sure and definitely if you need to check your your account balance you know pull out your phone check your app do it that way so you don't get hit with that fee which i, I still find like once you put the card in once you should just get paid charge one fee to do everything but that's not the way it works unfortunately So, Mark, the day is finally here. We learned a ton about what's going to happen with Hard Rock Las Vegas as they take over from Mirage later this month. And uh, they laid out a timeline, everything they're going to do. And it is a lot. Uh, they were in front of the Gaming Control Board to get their final approval for their licensing. And boy, did we learn so much. Let's start with some of the renderings and we'll go into the details of exactly what they're going to redevelop, casino, hotel, everything. So stick around for that. But <laughs> let's just look at that rendering of the strip with the guitar tower. That thing is huge. Yeah, it uh, definitely redefines the entire strip and will be the most, I mean, I guess outside of the, the sphere, maybe when it's all lit up and everything, that'll be kind of the thing that draws the eyes to, what do you think will, when you're coming in on the airplane, what do you think will draw your eyes more between the two things? I'm not sure. I think both of them will probably be, especially with the sphere lit up, I think they'll both be pretty iconic. But this kind of stands above everything else in the area. I guess Venetian Palazzo, or Palazzo specifically, is quite tall, so it's probably about the same height. Yeah, this will definitely be an icon of the Las Vegas Strip, especially because it sits right there at the bend in the Strip, that what they call the 50-yard line. Uh, so it's uh, going to stand out from people 
as far south, I think, as like MGM Grand, you'll be able to see it. Yeah, I think uh, anybody a little bit north of there is going to be upset with their room view unless they really want to look at a lit up guitar. <laughs> going forward because they're going to be blocking out you know the the rest of of vegas it feels like but you don't know until you actually are in there and you see what the footprint looks like but in the renderings it looks like they'll definitely be you know basically just a parking garage but a guitar instead so we had thought we knew about the guitar tower and the height is going to be somewhere between 500 and 666 feet somewhere in there they're waiting on zoning approval yeah. That's a weird. <laughs> you think you'd say 667 just because or 665. I'm pretty sure that's what they said. I might have made that up, but I'm pretty sure that that, that was the number. Uh, yeah, it's, and they basically based on what they can get approval for, Jim Allen, the CEO of Hard Rock, uh, basically said in the gaming control meeting that uh, they built the one in Florida too small. That's 450 feet. Uh, they wished it was taller, uh, that it's already done so well successfully with, with selling out. And they're already in like year six or seven projections. I think it's like three years old. So yeah, they're doing really well with it there. I wish they had built it bigger. And this one is going to be bigger. But I feel like the Guitar Tower is like the least of the news here because there is so much to cover. But we did also learn that the Guitar Tower is going to have about 800 suites. So it's going to be all suite and it's going to add about 800 rooms. And it's also going to have uh, its own infinity pool on the strip. The Mirage Volcano is going, although in the meeting they said twelve about 18 months before we see construction start. So I guess the Formula One people are going to get their way and uh, that race is going to be pretty pristine with the Mirage still there. And then we should see heavy construction. Yeah, I didn't really think about that and that they they were kind of pushing to not have it all tore up and, and looking weird and everything. So that is cool. It gives a lot of people time that, you know, care about the volcano or want to see it one last time. 18 months will give pretty much everybody that wants to get out there a chance to. So that's really cool. And yeah, I don't know. All suites. I wonder how expensive it's going to be. I imagine it's not going to be cheap. Probably one of the more expensive base rooms you could call for a tower out there and it's just going to be kind of insane i think agreed the one in florida i've wanted to stay there quite a bit and i've been in south florida quite a bit the last couple years every time i look it's like seven eight hundred dollars are the cheapest rates at the guitar tower specifically so yeah it's uh it's not going to be cheap and they're and they want to they want more room so i can only imagine vegas is going to be like double (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's going to be crazy there and those are going to be really high demand because of the views and because of the amenities there so let's talk about some of the numbers behind this uh, change. And I, before I do that, I want to preface this. You know, in the 90s, we saw a lot of the old casinos like the Dunes and the Sands get imploded and torn down and redeveloped into completely new properties. But Mirage had brought in that new era of mega resorts. And basically, Mirage is big enough that they don't need to tear it all down. They just need to redevelop it. This is like the 2022 version of the implosion. And that's what we're going to see top to bottom. And this is some of the numbers that they talked about. Right now, Mirage has 3,044 rooms. Uh, After the renovation, it'll be 3,640 rooms. So they're adding 596 rooms. So if the Guitar Tower has 800 rooms, they're subtracting a couple hundred from the main towers as they renovate them. And that's probably a good thing, probably adding more suites, stuff like that. Yeah, I was thinking, I was wondering how many of the Guitar Tower was compared to what they're adding and stuff. And I'm guessing, yeah, knocking down some walls, opening up some space, which will be nice. You know, a lot of times you see somebody come in, they just kind of put lipstick on it or, or, you know, put some paint and and new carpet and stuff. So it sounds like they're going to actually be modifying a lot of stuff inside, which is a little bit unique these days, I think. Yeah. And I'll get to that in a second because 
what he said is uh, basically they're going to gut this place. So let's look at the slots. The casino currently has 836 slots. The new casino will have 2,000 slots. So over doubling the amount of slot machines. Listen to this. 51 table games right now. They're going to add 161 more table games for 212 in Hard Rock Las Vegas. So more than quadrupling the amount of table games. And How many also, will actually be open at one time though? That's yeah, I don't. You know, you go into a, a pit and you're like, it's packed. You can't find a table and half of them are, are not uh, open or whatever. So I'm sure they'll use it on the weekends, but during the weeknights, probably be similar numbers, I would imagine. I have been to Hard Rock in Florida and Atlantic City in the last couple of years, and they have giant amounts of table games and they're all open and full when they're busy. Uh, so yeah, I expect that they think that they'll have the capacity for that. And as you say, in the slower times, which happen, uh, a lot of that will be closed uh, just like in any casino. The casino square footage is going from 94,000 to 174,000. It's not quite clear where they're picking up this square footage, although we'll talk about it a little bit later. They are building completely out to the strip, and you'll see that in some of the renderings as we go through this. Convention, they're adding 83,000 square foot to their 200,000 convention center, adding an additional 3,000 seats to make a Hard Rock Live theater, so it'll be over 6,000 seats when it's done. And currently there's 18 restaurants at Mirage. They said there will be at least 21 when Hard Rock is fully transitioned, maybe even more. So just from those stats, I mean, this is a expansion. This is a big deal for what they're going to do to Mirage. This is not going to be the same property. And you'll see that from the renders uh, as we show them here. It's uh, basically a top-down thing, especially the strip frontage. It just won't look the same. Yeah, and the fact that they're, you know, we haven't talked about it yet, but that they're shooting to do this, you know, floor by floor, step by step, and and be open during it, I I can't imagine the the amount of logistics it's going to take to make that happen. And then to keep the guest experience high while there's still construction going on will be tough. You know, I don't know that I'll go into it until it's all done. I wouldn't want to stay there during construction, even though they might, you know, they're professional, so they'll probably be able to, to hide it from people. But this is a big, big project, and to stay open during it is makes it even more difficult, like two, three times more difficult. Yeah, they and Jim Allen said that they do plan to stay open, although if they have to close for some reason, they will. Uh, so they'll see how that goes. Perhaps they'll renovate each wing of the tower. But let's start with this. They're going to gut the tower. I mean, they, he said that you're going to see exposed concrete. They're going to take out all the glass. Even the bathrooms are going to be ripped out. And that's a good thing because the bathrooms at the Mirage kind of stink. That's sort of one of the worst parts of their rooms there. I like the rooms a lot, but the bathrooms are tiny. So it looks like even within the rooms that they have, they're going to re-envision that space to make it a little bit more modern. And uh, yeah. So what about is, the tubs? What about tubs? Did you say, say <laughs> there's no tubs? room. Those rooms are not big enough <laughs> <laughs> for tubs, but uh, you'll probably get a nice walk-in shower. But ripping out the bathrooms gives them the ability to design the room however they want. And it costs a lot more money to do that. So it shows how committed they are to making this into a new property. And, you know, I was at the Taj Mahal, the Trump Taj Mahal, that closed uh, in Atlantic City that turned into Hard Rock. And I was there about a month before it closed and got to see what it looked like. And I've now been to Hard Rock Atlantic City twice. And it really is not the same property. Like I could look really closely and say, oh, that used to be here and stuff. But what they did with that property in the transition is really like almost a miracle. It just, I can't just say how bad the Taj Mahal was at the end and how you wouldn't even know that those shells were there. So they've done this before in Atlantic City. So, uh, you know, they have a track record with it. So yeah, like the other kind of interesting thing, did you see this, Mark, that they talked about back in the late 80s when Mirage was built, they still had catwalks above the casino for surveillance 
where people would walk up and I look did, down yeah, on patrons. Yeah, so they're going to rip those out, and that's going to allow them to raise the ceiling height in the casinos substantially, which I know you're a big thing on heights of casinos. Yes. That's one of your problems with that Resorts out. That World. was one of, my, one of my pointers. <laughs> and I was just going to bring up Resorts World that it's not quite high enough. Like, I really like to feel not enclosed or to not notice that there's a ceiling above me. So I think that's a great move. And, you know, that's something you feel in inside Virgin, too, with the they just painted it black, and it just kind of it's an eyesore. It sticks out to you low ceilings i love when you go into a casino and it's it's you know three stories four stories high i think that makes all the difference for sure all right hard rock is known for their pools and uh, i had previously hoped that a lot of the animal enclosures and stuff would turn into pools seems like that's not quite happening but hard rock has confirmed that they're going to rip out the mirage pool and build a hard rock quality pool something that fits their brand better the current pool acre is two and a half acres it's going to double to five acres so they will use a little bit of that land from the dolphin habitat and the secret garden it looks like but not all of it so that's kind of reserved for future expansion but they're also building like another almost two acre pool an infinity pool along the strip at the base of the guitar tower so you're going to have a brand new pool area for the main hotel and then the guitar tower will have its own infinity pool overlooking the strip much better i think than resorts world which kind of has that and i think eventually we'll have that as they build on their dirt lot but in the case of the guitar tower it looks like this is going to be right over the strip which is unique and kind of cool it definitely cool i'm guessing they're gonna keep that pool only to guitar tower uh stay people that are staying there so that's kind of an incentive to book you know versus being able to to hop between the two like i'm sure guitar tower can go to the main pool but only guitar tower can use this pool and that'll be kind of like a a status symbol almost i'm sure it'll be full of instagram posts and everything like that so i think that's really cool because they have uh, great sight lines and everything especially at night i'm guessing they'll put a nightclub somewhere in there uh something along those lines that'd be kind of amazing so you know hard rock's always known for their pools i wish they would bring the lake like they did in florida and kind of what win wanted to do at one point that would be really amazing but you know that's such a cost well we they are bringing something very interesting to this trip we're losing the volcano but they talked about a, a music memorabilia museum that looks like it's going to replace sort of where the Siegfried and Roy statue is, you know, north between where the current Mirage is and Treasure Island. So that's right where that Siegfried and Roy statue and that parking garage are. But he kind of went into detail that was very interesting. He said there's going to be a show of some type, a technological show, along with the museum and a gift shop, of course. So it does seem like they're trying to put some sort of attraction out on the strip to, you know, replace the volcano and uh, hopefully they come up with like a really cool rock show or something like that. That was an exciting piece of news that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And, you know, that's kind of gone away of having that thing that brings you in from the strip. So I'm glad to see them going that. Hopefully they do something with the statue. They don't just get rid of it. I know that will probably upset some people if they they don't repurpose it somewhere or move it to somewhere or somehow incorporate it. I don't know. Be interesting to see what they do with that. And uh, just a few other tidbits. The Guitar Tower will have its own little casino, 200 slot machines, 12 table games. There's going to be shops, as you can see in the renderings, that go all the way to the strip. Uh, there's this one rendering where you can kind of see Harrah's on the right and Hard Rock on the left across the strip. And you see a new pedestrian bridge. So there's a lot of development there. Uh, there's also another rendering. You can see the new entrance that sits kind of right next to Forum Shops. And they said they're working with Caesars to make sure that it doesn't mess with uh, their stuff. So the Mirage is really expanding out all the way to the Strip, kind of like we see down south with uh, Cosmo or Aria and City Center, where you have the sidewalk and then the casino's right there. 
Uh, especially on that side of the street, that's sort of rare. And this is one of the reasons the guitar tower is going to stand out so much is because all the kind of hotel towers are built further back off the strip. If you think about, you know, Caesars and Bellagio and, and that. So uh, it's going to be kind of wide open. Yeah, I like that that move because I hate there's nothing worse than when you get back to like you're staying at Bellagio and you have to it's hot out and you have to walk that long walk all the way up to get into the hotel. And then you have another really long walk to get to your tower. Potentially, you know, there, there's a lot of distance there. And I, that's one of the reasons we like the Waldorf because you walk out the front door and you're basically on the strip. You move on. Same with Aria and, and stuff like that. So I like that they're pushing everything out instead of just having kind of unused space just for like, you know, viewing purposes, but not actual useful space. So I'm glad to see that you know i think that'll be something cool that draws people in i'm curious to see what they do with the smaller casino that's on the strip do they kind of make it its own you know like we've seen in, in the past where it's kind of a separate like o'shea's almost with at link is it kind of like a unique brand or is it just a big part of you know an extension of the bigger casino i'd like to see them do something a little bit different and add a little flavor to it there yeah it'll be interesting and the atrium does seem like it's staying based on the renderings i didn't see all of the video it was hours long but i did watch jim allen speak i didn't hear him talk about the atrium it does seem like the atrium is going to stay and if it does it's going to now be in the middle of the property not at the front so uh you know there will be some separation between maybe that mall or the shops in the front the casino the guitar tower and then the rest of the casino so yeah i mean we'll learn more of that as time goes on but super interesting stuff and here's the timeline 18 months uh, before they kind of get everything going. They're still negotiating with Vici Properties. We talked about Vici on the last show. Vici does own the land in the building here. So uh, Hard Rock bought the operations for about a billion dollars. That money's sitting in escrow. So the good news is as soon as the gaming control board gives approval, this deal will close likely around December 22nd. That's when the final hearing is. Uh, but they said architectural drawings by summer 2023 using all local companies for construction construction hopefully beginning 23 early 24 26 to 30 months of construction and uh, then they expect the hard rock name to come in 2025 as we've talked about before they have three years from the data closure to use the mirage name under licensing with mgm so it's going to stay the mirage for a while even through all of that construction and then in the end, you'll have Hard Rock with everything uh, fully integrated in about 2025. Jim Allen said there's a few different ways to finance this. And basically with these, you know, sales and then leasebacks, uh, the contracts have said, you know, that they have to negotiate for any improvements and how that's done. Because obviously Hard Rock coming in and spending billions and billions of dollars to improve it, and then it's all owned by Vici, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So they have to figure that out. They said they can also negotiate with other REITs uh, to to potentially fund this. I don't know how that ownership thing would work. And they said they also have the option of funding it themselves. Uh, but obviously, they're going to negotiate with Vici to make sure that the financial terms work for them. And that's still something that's ongoing. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get more information on that as it goes. But Hard Rock seems to be moving full steam ahead. He did say, you know, the economy could potentially affect timelines. So you know, if we have a dire economic crash or something, you could expect this to get pushed back. Uh, but uh, I think Hard Rock is all in on getting this done. A few other things, they talked about the relocation of the animals and Hard Rock basically said it's not in their company philosophy to have captive animals and that MGM and Hard Rock are splitting the cost to relocate them. And he specifically said he doesn't want them going to zoos. He wants them to go to wild habitats, you know. Uh, they can't go into the wild, but habitats where they can, you know, be in a wild sort of environment in a safe way. So not like an aquarium for the dolphins. It's more of a natural setting. So it's good to hear that. Uh, also learned that all the employees are going to stay on at Mirage and 
they're uh, you know keeping things going as it is. And then the last kind of bit of news is that the Unity by Hard Rock loyalty program will take over on day one, as we've talked about before. So no more MGM rewards as soon as this closes. MGM property mirage with uh, Hard Rock rewards uh, <laughs> for a couple of years at least, you know. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. And what I like about it is, you know, they have a history, they have a, a cohesive idea of what they want to do, and it'll be you know drawn out throughout the property. It, and Circa has a very similar thing. I think that's why I like it so much is he had a vision and he brought that vision and it connects all the way through. And I think that's why, I, you know, Virgin and Resorts World doesn't sit so well with me because I don't really know what the, you know, what, what they're going for type of thing. Like Virgin, you see different companies did different things. It's kind of all over the map. In Resorts World, I'm not even really sure who is still, I don't know who that casino is built for. Is it, you know, they have EDC coming in. But I don't think they're trying to go towards young people. That's just like a random one-off. They're not quite high-end. They don't, you know, have a huge gaming profile to bring in gamblers. So I don't know who are they aimed at, you know. Originally, it was supposed to be Asian influence, and they backed off of that. So you just kind of have like a hodgepodge of stuff. And I think that's why it doesn't sit well with me. It has good pieces, but they don't come together so well. Hard Rock has this figured out. I mean, they have tons of casinos around the country, regional casinos, the big ones in Florida. I mean, the one in Hollywood, Florida is just stunning. I mean, you could just take that property, put it on the strip. You would never even know that it wasn't, uh, you know, a Vegas strip property. And like I said, the one in Atlantic City is incredible as well, especially when you consider what the Taj Mahal looked like before they took it over. And yeah, this is basically uh, almost a ground up build. I mean, they're using the bones but unlike renovations we've seen, like the lipstick on a pig renovations we've seen in the past at places like Tropicana or even some of the Caesars properties, this is a new property. It's almost like uh, one property's dying, another one's coming. And this is exciting. This is, for me, as exciting as seeing Fountain Blue and some of the other properties, maybe that Tillman Fertitta Casino. I think with all of this news, it's confirmation that Vegas is definitely heading into a new era with new properties, Resorts World being the first one, but we have five or six different projects coming, the Dream Hotel and uh, also the Tropicana redevelopment. So fun and exciting times, I think, in Vegas over the next decade. Yeah, I'm, I think this is the one I'm looking forward the most out of all of those. You know, it's going to be the biggest of them. I think it will be the, the best done or, you know, the, the most unique of them. And uh, I, I love the Atlantic City property. It's probably my favorite one in Atlantic City. You know, because it is on the beach and everything versus Borgata, which is awful little ways. Um, and then I've been to the one in Florida, but I haven't been since they added the lake and the guitar tower. But I remember enjoying the property. The pool area was really cool even back then. And it was just a small pool area with a bar underneath a fountain or a waterfall and just really serene vibes out there. And, and inside was fun. All the dealers were great. So I'm looking forward to this a lot. I wish it was quicker, but that's a lot to undertake. So I understand. Yeah, Hard Rock makes amazing pools. The one at the Guitar Tower in Florida, I'd say it's probably four to five times the size of the existing pool from before, which is also still open. And I would go out to say it's probably the best pool area I've seen in just about any hotel in the world, maybe with the exception of like Grand Wailea in Hawaii. So it's incredible. The, I would look forward to the pool that they're going to build here in, in Vegas or the pools and everything else. I mean, there's nothing about this project that looks bad to me. I am sad to see Mirage go. I'm sad to see the volcano go. That big guitar tower does look a little bit like a monstrosity as it dwarfs over Treasure Island and, and other stuff. So that's a potential issue. Although, again, zoning may make them make that smaller. I'm assuming that rendering is the tallest version that they can build. Uh, 665. 
(laughs) (laughs) Just just take it down a notch. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, let us know uh, what you guys think about all of this. I mean, so much that we covered here. And I hope you guys enjoyed all the renderings and some of the footage I've thrown in from the Hard Rocks in Atlantic City and in Florida. So you can kind of get a vision of what might be coming to the Strip. This is an upgrade, I think, for Las Vegas. And with Resorts World being so new, Circa Downtown, Fountain Blue coming, Tillman Fertitta building a casino, the Dream Hotel on the South Strip, uh, Bally's buying Tropicana and potentially redeveloping it. It is an exciting time for Las Vegas ahead, I think. And Bally's getting renamed. You forgot. Yes. There's, there's and so the Horseshoe. <laughs> <laughs> and the Horseshoe. Let us know in the comments what you guys think about all of this. Is that guitar tower too big? Are you excited about the renovation that they're actually going to gut the hotel rooms, do all of this, build it out to the strip, the pool area, everything that's happening, that taller casino floor? I know Mark got so excited about that. So let us know in the comments. And if you like the channel, don't forget to subscribe, smash that notification bell, and uh, we'll be back with a new show in just a few days. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. See you next week. Have a good weekend.